Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Players NIL podcast and my special guest today, Mr. Alex Forney. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's good to uh, good to see you again. Well, uh, full disclosure to our audience, Alex and I go back a long ways and uh, probably mutually benefited off of our performance on the field. I'm pretty sure I caught my first touchdown from him, which would have been one of his first touchdowns that he threw. And uh, through high school, we had a successful career as a tight end and a quarterback. And I feel fortunate and I've always uh, appreciated Alex's uh, teammate uh, attitude, his uh, friendship. And we've recently reconnected and it's awesome. And I'm happy for him to share our, his journey on our podcast. He's a, a classic example of what athletics can do for people. He's maximized his opportunities way before social media, way before NIL. And so I just want to say thank you, Alex, for all of that history. But let's get into it. Question number one is, tell me about your love affair with sports. When did it start? How did it start? What were some of those experiences? What sports did you play? And uh, share with our audience why uh, athletics has meant so much to you. That's interesting. Uh, my love affair started at such a young age and uh, it exists to this day in so many different forms. And it's taken uh, many different shapes and forms over the years from being a player um, to being, you know, a coach and mentor to, uh, to hundreds of uh, hundreds of athletes. But uh, I began playing organized football when I was six years old because I was too young to play baseball. And uh, you know, fast forward by the time I'm 22 and I'm finishing up my career at Bucknell University at the age of 22, I'm like, wow, I've been playing organized football for 17 years. That's two thirds of my life. So uh, it had a major influence early on. But as I said, you know, it's continued as an adult in terms of coaching and mentoring. And for many years, I competed in uh, triathlons at the uh, at the Olympic level. So um it's, it's provided a lot of opportunity and a lot of insight. And quite frankly, it played a critical role in providing academic opportunities to me, uh, for me um, because, you know, I was an okay student, but being an athlete and or, you know, being involved in a school just opens up doors that might not otherwise be open at times to people. So uh, it's been a good love affair. You know, it's a great example. I'll, I, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, parents ask me about their kids and recruiting opportunities. And I say the number one goal should be to use athletics to get to an academic school that you might not normally be able to get to. You end up, you know, a great high school career. Uh, you get the opportunity to go to Bucknell. Um, tell me some of the lessons that you learned at Bucknell at the college level playing, you know, big time football. Um, well, you know, there's everything that you learn as a uh, as a player, whether you're six years old or you're 20 years old, lessons seem to be so consistent and prove themselves over and over again in terms of the discipline, the hard work, the camaraderie, um, the teamwork. And it, and, it, and it has just served such a great, uh, as a great example for uh, how you go about getting knocked down and getting back up. Uh, you know, especially the the, um, the physical sports are, are, are that way. You know, it's that expression people use. Everybody's got to play until somebody gets hit. 
And uh, it teaches you a lot about that. Um, it also taught me one of the biggest things, Mark, was probably that there was a there was a time where my athletic ability carried me a lot a, a lot of the way, and I could rely on it. Um, but as I got older, I realized that talent um, just isn't enough. Being smart isn't enough. What it really taught me was the discipline to stay focused on my outcome and to really figure out what was important. Uh, for me in my life, because there's an expression that says, you know, this enthusiasm that we have about making changes in our lives or doing well or wanting to be successful, that's common. But the stamina that's required to accomplish it is rare. So what I learned was that you need to stay focused on it because sometimes it's not going to happen the first time. It's going to take three, four, five, six, ten times. You think about people in history like... Um, you know, Werner von Braun, the uh, guy who was so critical to U.S. rocket technology. You think about Henry Ford. Those guys failed massively hundreds of times, but it was their ability to stay focused on what their goal was that made a difference. And that's what I got from sports. And, you know, it was a consistent message from the time I was a, a, a young boy to the time I became a young man. Yeah, great. You know, and that's I think that's what we all hope is that these are opportunities to mentor people and and we as mentees have benefited from those uh that went before us and uh you know there's lots of ways to create those leadership roles in in the world whether it be art or science or music right uh, community service but athletics is one of them and here at the players nil we want to share these stories al and we want to talk about you know those things that have meant something to us that we've been able to leverage to better our lives and so you go from high school athlete college athlete, you're finishing your career, your, look, your career in college, now you're looking at your professional career. Tell us about your journey professionally. I know you're a successful executive. Now you're retired. I'm jealous. But uh, tell us about your career and how you took those college experiences and applied them to business. Well, it's interesting. Um, so one of the things about sports is, is that, you know, you can be creative uh, on the run. Um, that hard work that you put in and that time and effort um, and everything that you learn from sports really opens up a lot of opportunity. Um, and it's a big part about what employers look for in people. You know, um, my experience, I worked at a company called Computer Associates, founded by Charles Wong, who was also uh, at one point in time, the owner of the New York Islanders of the NHL. Um, and Charles taught, and drove a culture that was based around, in my opinion, uh, of a couple of things. And he talked about um, checking your ego at the door. So I remember having conversations with him and him just kind of getting the point across to everybody that it's not always about you. And sometimes you got to pitch in and it doesn't matter what your title is or what your responsibility is. Sometimes the team needs you to do something. You got to get on a plane. You got to drive a car. You get late overnight because you, you, your flights are late, right? And uh, sometimes you got to do those things. But um, that's what being part of a team is. And it's always worth it. The other thing he talked about was you know, mental errors and mistakes of the heart. And what he talked about was that most business leaders are less concerned about the mental errors. They believe they can teach you to do the function that they need you to do. Um, and so that that's the easy part. So my point is, is and his point was, you know, you're going to make mental mistakes from time to time. That's okay. Don't ever make a mistake here. 
right? So be true to the team, be true to uh, yourself as well, but you got to do what's right for the, uh, for the larger cause. And there are many lessons that he taught me, but the other one that I'll leave you with was, because it's really close to me, is if you tell me what I want to hear, I don't need you. And his point was, is that people are always sitting there kind of just um, gi giving feedback to the leader because they're the leader and they tell them what they want to hear. And what real business leaders are looking for uh, are people who are thoughtful and truthful about the business. Leaders want to be challenged with honest and intelligent input and clear thinking from their people. And that's kind of what I learned from uh, being a leader uh, and learning from uh, an icon in the uh, computer software industry. Well, it's, you know, great lessons. Again, I love the the mental and the heart comparisons. And uh, yeah, we all want attitude and effort. And we all know that mistakes are gonna happen as you mentioned. Um, so you, you take this, you, you, you've hit it, you know, at the right time, computer business is growing, your business is growing, life is good. You're married, you have kids. Now you gotta have to apply this, all of these lessons to parenting. What are some words of wisdom as a dad and a dad of athletes? Um. You know, a lot of, Mark, a lot of the same uh, type of messaging and some of it, it just becomes organic. And what I mean by that is just that it's, it's part of my, pardon me, it's part of my DNA because I, I, I was exposed to so much of that discipline structure um, and uh, <laughs> maybe even stubbornness, discipline, whatever you want to call it. And I believe that my, my kids saw that in me and learned that from me. And I see that resilience in them. I see that fortitude, um, you know, that strength of what I call character. And I'm not patting my kids on the back or, um, or myself for that matter. I just know that, as I said, if it becomes part of your day-to-day -day life, you're, you, you can't help but get that to your kids. Um, so, you know, when I talk to my kids and I talk to, to, them about um, their lives. You know, I focused on a couple of things. First of all, about being clear about what's important to you and why that's important to you. I talked to them about, you know, take action and then make adjustments to things as you move along the way, because, you know, you're going to need to be able to pivot because things don't always go as planned, right? Um, the second thing I talked to them about is being willing to receive feedback and be vulnerable. Like I talked to them about, you know, every time you have a setback or there's a change or something that happens, um, it's an opportunity to change for the better. And sometimes you can do that as an individual. Sometimes you need to do that as part of helping the team. And lastly, and this is one of the important ones that, that I tried to drive home as a parent was that, you know, there really are no failures. There are only setbacks. And the only way you fail is if you quit. So your setbacks and your delays and your difficulties, your challenges, those should always serve as your fuel to succeed. So that's right. kind of you know what I focused on. High school athlete, college athlete, successful businessman, successful father. I know you've been involved with charities and giving back to the community, which is one of our pillars at the Players NIL. You're also in the midst of writing a book. Tell us a little bit about your charity work and the book that you're writing. Well, I've done a, uh, a lot of the charity work that I did. I, I don't let it call it charity in the same way that, that other people do. You know, I volunteered um, 
for a long time at uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, a local chapter for us. And a lot of that was about um, leveraging my experience and my, my existing skill set to help kids uh, position themselves, kind of much of what the players nil is looking to do at this level. Now, I was doing with some kids in, in high school, but a little bit differently, that I was trying to help them prepare themselves for interviews, how to build a, re a good resume. Because again, as an athlete, you don't have a big resume sometimes because you're, a lot of your time is absorbed by school and uh, I mean, by, by, by your sports and stuff. So you're not necessarily always have a job and those kinds of things. So it's about, you know, taking what skill set you have and the lessons you learned and leveraging the, leveraging those into a resume and into a, um, a talk track, if, if, for lack of a better term, that helps people understand who you are and what you bring to the table based on those experience, even though you don't have real life work experience. Um, so that was a, uh, that was a big part of it. And what I'm doing now in terms of, um, you know, what I'm working on personally is uh, I just completed a book for my family about my life. And um, it was it, it was focused certainly on the things about my family and what I've done and, um, you know, how I got to where I was. Um, but the real thing is that it explores my core values and belief systems and it reveals some of the key lessons I've learned uh, and the mentors that delivered those lessons. Um, and it's about what I believe is important in life. So the, the, uh, the, um, I'm working on another book that's actually going to be for publication, and um, it's called Recollections, Realizations, and Lessons Learned. That's the current working title. But the bottom line uh, message of that book goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's about personal clarity in terms of what you want and why you want it. It's about taking action and setting a cause in motion. And then it's about making adjustments and doing the things that are necessary, because as we said earlier, not everything goes as planned. And, it, and, and it's interesting because when you think about successful people, you know, like uh, whether it's Tom Brady or it's Serena Williams, you know, if you're looking at sports, if you're looking at business, you're talking about, you know, Elon Musk, you're talking about um, Oprah Winfrey or uh, Jenny Just, you know, these are people that didn't necessarily start out by saying, I want to be rich and famous. They started out with a passion. They started out with something that was important to them. They got clear about what they wanted to do. And in virtually every instance, they also knew that they wanted to give back. It wasn't about just getting rich for riches sake or fame for fame's sake. It was about a cause and a purpose and a drive in their lives and all the great things that can come with it. And that's why the why of what you want is so important, in my opinion. Awesome. So you've got 40 years of experience in all of these areas that we just talked about. And uh, you're a great example, a shining example of what athletics can do for people, as I said. So let's go back. Alex, you're going to freshman year in college. This is a chance to talk to yourself. Give me some advice to young high school athletes and aspiring college athletes with a bright future ahead of them. Well, I probably needed more advice than most, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, kind of going back that, you know, it's a little different now, I think, than it was then. But, uh, you know, it was still the same. It's just some of the vehicles associated with how uh, your persona, your brand and everything else is being created has changed. But you, in my opinion, you know, I'd go in and this is what I, I think I did this when I first got out of college and it would be my recommendation to kids today, especially with social media and all the, all the vehicles, good and bad, that there are around framing 
people and who they are and what they do. So the first thing I would say, Mark, is, you know, you got to control the narrative. You know, I, I think that kids need to think about, you know, who are you? Who do you want to be and what's important to you? And you really need or they need to invest the time we all do and to be honest and be clear and be smart, like about answering that question for yourself, because you need to do that before someone else does it for you or tells you what to think. You need that time uh, for yourself to get clear about uh, so that uh, clear about who you are so that there's no mistake about what you want the world to know and see. Um, the other thing is that be conscious about what's motivating, you know, what, what's motivating you as an individual. Like, you know, as you start to build your brand, and that's what we're all doing, right? Whether you're a high school uh, student or you're, you know, you're a 60 year old in business, um, you still always need to think about your brand. You need to think about your personal growth and what contribution you want to make. Um, you know, that law of life is that everything is either, you know, growing or it's dying and everything you do has to serve a purpose. So you need to ask yourself, do you and your brand serve others? So that would be the second thing I would look at. And, you know, and, and kind of part and parcel to that is how will you use your brand? What vehicles will you use to achieve your goals? Um, how do you manage your financial well-being, your health, your relationships, um, and how do you want to go about achieving your core values, whatever they may be? There's an expression I use is that, um, you know, this, everybody's in search of success. And the point I make to people is your happiness, you achieving your goals and setting what constitutes achievement for you. That's the success that we're all seeking. It's that happiness. It's being, it's being clear about who you want to be having the discipline to achieve those goals and knowing that, um, that there's success in that. And so you need to define it yourself. And then the last thing I would just say is, you know, what kind of image do you want to portray to a potential employer? Um, because if you don't go about, as I said in the beginning, controlling that narrative, and if you don't start building your brand today, whether you're, as I said, in high school or a college athlete or, you know, in a professional career, someone else is gonna control that narrative. And that could in fact be technology. As people go in, you know, I can tell you, I mean, I was in the technology business and um, before we interviewed, I probably knew more about the person coming in than they sometimes knew about themselves. And that's a, that's a fact and a reality of today's technology environment is that people can collect, they know what you're likely to do before you do. And it's, it, it's a scary thing, but you have an opportunity to control that. So that's, that's awesome. kind of what I'd be looking at. Yeah, you know, and that's, it's awesome. And thank you for sharing. And the Players NIL is all about that, right? That's what we're trying to prepare young student athletes to uh, pay attention because these things have legs today. They don't go away. And that the, they do pay dividends if you do it the right way and you do connect and you do yep. associate with the right principles and stand for the right things. And you've got lots of great quotes in there. Al, there's a reason you're a quarterback. You're still a quarterback. <laughs> you're, you're a great leader. You're a successful person on and off the field. Uh, the Players NIL is lucky to have you as a podcast guest. And um, I want to thank you very much for, for participating today and for being my friend and for the words of wisdom. I look, uh, look forward to staying connected and maybe having you part of the Players NIL going forward. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. and It was good speaking with you as well. Okay.